0: Okay, good to see you today. I'm glad for, how many of you had lights out this morning? We got ready in the dark, so I can't be held accountable for what I look like. And I'm so glad that you are here today, and I'm in the middle of a series called, I Love My Church, and our key text is, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I hope that's the way you feel this morning. I hope you were glad. I hope somebody didn't have to drag you kicking and screaming. If they did, I'm glad they did it anyway. And, uh, but I do, I love my church and I'm glad to come. I'm glad, I'm so glad we're meeting back together again. This is, this is the body of Christ and we're meant to be together. And I'm looking around this room, I, I love you guys. I'm, I'm so glad to have such a good church with such fun people and a wonderful people. I hope you feel that way. You should love the church that you attend. You should be excited about your church. You should uh, be excited about its mission, its people, its ministries, its leadership. You should be excited. If not, I say this, uh, if I was not the pastor of this church, if not, you need to find a place where you can be excited about it and love it. God loves the church, and I'm thankful he loves Move Church. And let me stop and, and greet everybody that's watching online. And for whatever reason that you can't be here, we're so glad you're still a part, and we welcome you. If you can get here, get here. You can't beat the feeling in this room. I even hugged some necks this morning. I checked first to make sure it was okay. But it's just wonderful to be together. Amen. Okay, so my text for this morning. I love this verse. I probably preached. This is one of those texts that I probably preached from. Um, more than others. And it's Jesus said to Peter after his revelation of Christ being the Messiah, he said, I say unto, unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, not upon Peter, but on the revelation of who Jesus is. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church... The church of Jesus is a place of power. A place of power. And I hope you came to have church today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us this privilege of coming together to worship you in this house, in this hour. We need you. Lord, and the world needs the church. So God, we pray that you would uh, bless you would provide we know you have already, you're building the church. Lord, we just pray that this pandemic would be over in Jesus name. But Lord, even if if it allows to if you allow it to remain, you're still building your church and I'm so glad. Lord, would you speak to us today, church, would you pray it with me? Lord, speak to my heart, Change my life in Jesus name. A man was known to be a little strange in the community, and he was a recluse, but he decided to go to the church on Main Street on Sunday morning. His clothes were mismatched and worn, and his personal hygiene was in want. And he was met in the foyer by the head deacon, and the head deacon asked why he was there. And the man replied, in a dream, Jesus told me to go to church the deacon, worried about the church's standing in the community, told the man to go home and pray and see if the Lord would tell him to go to a different church. The next week, the unwanted man came back early and met the deacon, head deacon in the parking lot. And the deacon asked him, why are you back? And the, the man said, um, I went home and, and I prayed. And the deacon said very sarcastically, well, what did the Lord tell you this time? And the man said, the Lord said that he's been trying to get in this church for years and hasn't been able to get in yet. (laughs) The church is made up of followers of Christ, all the followers of Jesus. That's what makes us a part of the body of Christ. And there are many different denominations, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Assembly of God, Church of God, Church of God in Christ. There's non-denominational also, and that list just goes on and on. And out of those types of uh, categories of churches, there are different types within each of those categories. There are are traditional and charismatic and full gospel and Pentecostal and Baptist. And that list just goes on and on. But in reality, reality, there should really only be one category that all churches fall into, And that is the church of Jesus. And the main description for all church, every church, should be this. It's a place of power. If Jesus is the builder of the church, he said he was, then Jesus gives his power to the church. And that's the reason we come together to worship Jesus and to experience his power. Jesus said that he will build his church, look, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, when I heard that as a child, and and the testimonies of the church that I grew up in, it seemed like the gates of hell uh, did prevail. Because they would get up and share how bad, all the bad, and then didn't spend much time on the good. The good didn't even sound that good. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, them kind of testimonies? Well, the devil's been after me all week long, but I finally made it to the church. And I don't see no way out, but I'm just going to keep standing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? i like, well, maybe sit down and he won't notice you. And there was no power in a a lot of times. But this verse says the gates of hell will not prevail. So as the the way I see that verse now through, thankfully, the revelation of the Spirit of God, that as the church takes ground, that as it approaches the gates of hell, it has to open up and relinquish what it took. He wants to give you back what the devil done stole. Now, if I had a Pentecostal church, it would stand up and shout right now. But that's okay. We'll take whatever we got amen, that the gates of hell shall not prevail. This is not a defensive verse for the church just to stand. This is offensive. The church should be taking ground for Jesus Christ. And I'm getting happy. I'm getting past my marks up here for the camera. Excuse me, y'all. My belly is really not that big. My jaws are not that big. It's the power. (laughs) I'm going to have a good time, okay? The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. God wants to restore to you anything the devil has taken from you. Jesus describes a church where his power is that takes ground from the enemy. The church can go into enemy territory. We've seen it. We are products of it. Amen? Amen beyond the gates of sin, beyond the gates of addiction, beyond the gates of wickedness and perversion, beyond the gates of prejudice and hatred, beyond the gates of generational curses, this church has all the power of heaven to take back what the enemy has stolen from every person that's a part of it. We believe the church of Jesus is a place of power and MOVE Church has been and will continue to be that kind of church. We believe in the power of God to change lives. And when we come together in unity, I'm telling you, anything can happen for God's glory. So Jesus is the source of the power, and he's given the power to, for the church to operate in it. So I want to talk to you just a few moments about what that power looks like in the church that Jesus builds, okay? The power of the church of Jesus. Number one, it's the power for salvation. Now, we have to understand that we don't have to go to church to receive Christ. As a matter of fact, I think it should happen more often outside the church. As we are the church, we have the power of God in us as we're witnessing on the job, as we're proclaiming in our hobbies, wherever we may be, we should be influencing people for Jesus. So therefore, we should be seeing people receive Christ wherever they are. You don't have to come to church to do that. Now, you should be able to do it in the church, amen? <clears throat> but it doesn't have to happen here. And forgiveness of sins is where salvation begins. Now, let me see if I can make sense of this, for, say what's in my heart. Salvation begins there, okay? Okay. But salvation is more than just forgiveness of sins. Salvation is to, the de- definition is very broad in the scripture. It's to save, it's to rescue, it's to deliver, it's to set free. It has uh, also a meaning of health, of well-being, of healing. So salvation begins at forgiveness of sins, <clears throat> but it is developed as we grow in our relationship and revelation of Jesus. That's the reason why Scripture says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Understand, reverence what God is doing in your life. You get saved when you ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. Amen? That begins salvation. But then you grow up. You begin to realize, wait a minute, I don't have to give in to that over and over again? I don't have to be addicted to that? Ah, I didn't know. I don't have... To give into my generational curses that were past, I can be set free. And that's as you grow up in your salvation. Does that, does that make sense? And that's where the church helps you. It has the power of God to mature us as believers. We should get past the elementary teachings, as Paul said, and move on to the deeper things of God. And the deeper things of God is where God wants to use us, fill us up, and use us to reach other people. I was a mess when I first got saved. I had Christ in my life, but the Holy Spirit had to do a lot of work. He had to roll up his sleeves on me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He says, boy, has got some potential, but I'm going to have to work for it. So it's the power of salvation. And Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, that's the five-fold ministries of the church, to equip his people for the works of the service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. So who does the ministry in the church? The people. He, the pastor is to equip, the fivefold ministry is to equip the body. Because as the body does what they do, people are reached, children are reached. Man, uh, lives are changed. Coffee is given out in the foyer, amen. That's very spiritual. We need to be built up with some caffeine too. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What a great definition of what salvation looks like. And the church is where you should experience that. It has the power of God to bring us into full salvation. So let me give you a, um, another example um, power that the church has, the power to administer God's word. Now, I first titled this as the power to proclaim God's word. But I believe the Holy Spirit gave me a check in my spirit because the power to proclaim God's word is correct, but it's not complete. Christ gives the pastor the power to administer God's word. Let me tell you what that looks like. To minister is to dispense or apply a remedy to give help or service. And that's exactly what an on-time word does. That's what a rhema word, a word spoken, does. The Spirit of God grabs a hold of it and puts it into your spirit so it can produce fruit in your life. So every pastor should pray and ask God, God, what is your word? For this Sunday not just what sounds good not just what will be easy but God what is your word for your people and as and God has always been faithful to give it and then the pastor should give it to the people for the people to receive and apply it and when we do that I'm telling you it will produce fruit in your life the scripture says this all scripture is God breathed And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, let me help you out a little bit. Uh, Be sure not to discount the word of God because of the messenger of God. God's spoken word is anointed. But the messenger sometimes can be in want himself. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I have pastors that I listen to. There's some that I prefer over the others. There's some that I, uh, I, I you know, some of the main ones I'm not going to tell you, but I, I like to listen to them some. I, I, I'll listen to. I've, I've learned a long time ago that I can receive from every man of God that speak God's word. And sometimes if the truth is to be told, I can even receive more often from someone that may not even be my preference because I'm so in tune to what God would say to me. We have to be that way. I learned early on as a young man, I know I've shared this story before, but I went to a youth conference in Colorado and I, I stuck out like a sore thumb um, because everyone there was, this was in the late, uh, really early 90s, and it was punk rock area and, man, hair sticking up and uh, tattoos and earrings. And I'm, I'm, I was just, I was out of place at that time. I really was. And I looked around and I was like, oh, some of these people are going to get saved. You know, it's bad when you are, Pentecostal religious people are worse than just religious people. And I can say it because I was one. We may not live it, but we sure think we got all the answers. Okay, And um, so I was sitting there in all of my pious religiosity thinking some of these people are going to get saved. And I myself had all kinds of sin in my own life. But then the speaker got up, and it didn't take me but just a second to size him up and realize, oh, he, he needs to be saved himself. His hair was all messed up. His jeans were dirty and torn. And I thought, what in the world have I got into? And being that super religious Person, I don't want no demons on me now. If he starts preaching, I don't I want to cover my heart for demons, you know. Some of y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. And as he got out there to speak, the Lord shut my mouth because the presence of the Lord filled that place, and there was a wave of weeping that went across that auditorium as kids began to cry out to God. Then God spoke to me. He said, you be careful how you judge the vessel I use. I repented, and I've learned since then. So always have your heart open to receive what God's word is th- that's being spoken to you. Sure, you sit under a man of God. You know his heart. You know his integrity. Yes, yes. But you always listen for God to speak to you. Don't get hung up on things that are not your preference. Selah, that's for somebody else, too. Um, So don't discredit the message because of the messenger. Now, uh, the third power, the power to heal. The scripture says, is anyone sick among you? uh, Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. So at Move Church, at this church, we believe in healing. We believe God still heals those physically that needs a physical touch, emotionally, uh, in, in every way God heals. That's that part of salvation. And Today, at the end of the service, we want to pray over you if you are sick in body. I believe God still does miracles. I am one. So this requirement is a prayer offered in faith that the church of Jesus must have faith in its builder. Jesus is the builder. and He gives power to the church. We must believe he will build his church. He will take care of his church. And Jesus said, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. That's the promise of Jesus, that we, we come together as this church. You know, I'm so thankful we were able to use uh, the technology that we did to still proclaim the gospel, okay? But that, is, that was a supplement. It's never meant to replace this coming together to experience the corporate anointing of Jesus, So let me give you another power, the power to set free. And Jesus said himself, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. And he goes on, says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I want to focus right now on the power to set free, that in my name, they will drive out demons. In the church of Jesus, there's power to set people free from demonic forces. Those who are possessed can be set free. Those who are spiritually oppressed can be set free. Those who are are Christians and have strongholds in their life, addictions that they cannot seem to get a hold of, God will set you free. The gates of hell shall not prevail When the church of Jesus comes together in unity and uses its power available to them. You understand, there are sicknesses that are true sicknesses. And then there are sicknesses that are caused by demons. And in the the world we live in, we medicate those demons. Medically, psychologically, but sometimes the only thing that's going to work is just the power of Jesus. Does anybody know what I'm saying? that I tried this doctor, I tried this medicine, and you understand God uses doctors and God uses medicines. I'm a witness of that. But sometimes it just, I got to get with Jesus. Jesus, I need him to touch my life, and, and he has the power to completely set you free from anything Satan wants to bring in your life or hold over your life. There are people who need to be free from their past. That you are a Christian today and God has forgiven you of your sins and he has a great anointing for you. He has a great plan for your life. But Satan keeps nagging you with that past, trying to hold it over you. And my friend, that's a stronghold. God can deliver you from that. He wants to set you free from that so you can have a future in Jesus. Amen. Thank you. I felt the Lord on that one. And that was not in my notes. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus said, This this prophecy is fulfilled in me, okay? And so therefore it's fulfilled in his church. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captive and release from darkness for the prisoners, That is the power of Jesus, and the church has his power to fulfill this prophecy. The gates of hell shall not prevail when we call on the name of Jesus. Amen, church of God? So glad y'all three agreed with that. Number five, the power to bless. The scripture says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Can I say as your pastor, thank you for that. Thank you for coming together in unity. If there is some strife and some backbiting and some gossip, thankfully I don't know about it. As a matter of fact, when we go through new members' classes here, when you become a new member, you you might have remembered this, we say gossip is just one thing we don't tolerate here because it brings disunity. And unity brings God's presence. We'll see that in a moment. So thank you for not being a church that gossips behind each other. Thank you for being a loving church. Because it goes on to say, it's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Aaron was the priest and God is saying, when my church comes together, there's a priestly anointing that you can receive from because my presence will be there. Okay, It is as the dew of Hermon falling We're falling on Mount Zion. Look at that refreshing, that dew that's a refreshing that causes things to grow and flourish, right? For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So when we come together in unity as the body of Christ, lifting up praises like we just done a moment ago, can I tell you this? God blesses us. And when one of us gets blessed, others get blessed. Aren't you so glad that God blessed these, these singers with the ability to sing? You wouldn't want me to lead worship. It would not be a blessing to you. It would not. I'm glad God blessed somebody else, and therefore the church can be blessed. God wants to bless some people in the church, not just in this church, but it would be nice here. To, in so many, uh, so much uh, monetary blessing that you can't even contain it all. If God makes you a millionaire and you belong to the church, the church gets blessed. And it's not about money, don't, don't go there. I'm just saying when one is blessed, the church gets blessed if you belong to the body of Jesus. Amen. So it is so important to us for us to uh, acknowledge the power of God to believe in this power that's available to the church. and God, um, God gets all the glory for it. So how do we receive from the church, okay? Not just this church. For any church, if you're watching online, you would normally attend another church. You should be able to receive God's power from that church. So how do we receive from it? First of all, we commit to it. If you can identify your church as a church that Jesus is building, then commit to it. Part-time Commitment equals part-time benefits. Full-time commitment, you get some full-time benefits. I said to the, this, the first service, and I, I thought they were going to stone me. I really did. I didn't make it clear, I guess. When I go to, on vacation, I go on vacation. So on Sunday mornings on vacation, I don't look for a church to attend. I have church myself. I have time with God on the balcony, on the beach, praising Jesus. I really do. I have church. I'm able to spend extended time with the Lord. So I say, when you go on vacation, hey, I understand it. You're away from church. I get it. But make church a priority every other time. Man, when you're in town and you're able to come and you're not sick in body, if you can't, even if you're sick in body, come to the church and get people to pray for you. But make church a priority for you. God wants you to be committed to his house. At any time when you miss, you can miss something great that God has done. God's anointing can show up to heal at any service. Don't miss out. God's presence can show up to refresh you. Don't miss out on that. God's presence is, is available to minister to you. Every service, he does something, he wants to do something in every life. I believe that. So don't miss that. Commit to it. Then number two, y'all are still stuck on that vacation thing. Pastor goes on vacation, he don't go to church? I've been to church more for 10 lives. (laughs) All right, let me move on. Number two, participate in it. Participate in the church. The church is for participators, not spectators. Mm. I see y'all going to have to make me work a little bit. The ministries of the church are done by the people. Remember, the pastor is to train the body for works of service. The Holy Spirit gives each person gifts to be used in the body to bring glory to Christ. I said that. Look at what the Scripture says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it as the strength, with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. I um, I think he may be uh, already gone because he has everything flowing. If he's still here, I'm not going to um, embarrass him by calling him up front. I will say his name. Um, many of you may not even know who Brendan is. Brendan is a faithful servant at this house, and he comes up Every Saturday, to get the presentation ready. And you understand, if you have ever wondered why these are here so small and those are bigger, does anybody ever wonder that, why the words in the middle are smaller? Because that's what goes online. So, everybody here, we have a YouTube channel, we have a Facebook live stream, now we have the church app, we have other ways for this message to go out. So, because of what Brendan does, he comes up on Saturday, every Saturday, and he gets this message ready to go out on these cameras. So, during the, sometimes we'll have up to 900 views of the message through Facebook on these cameras. So, what Brendan does, he don't, I asked him this morning, he was up there, up here getting stuff right, he put my tape here. To get me ready, and he was up here before service. And I said, "Brenda, you want to preach today?" <laughs> and uh, he just sort of gave that laugh. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to stand up here. But what he does, he preaches the gospel to people who will never come in the doors of this church. When everybody uses a gift that God gives them, the church is blessed. God wants you to participate in His house. Amen. Expect at it. Expect at it. When you come to God's house, expect to receive from God. I'm always amazed at church, I've seen this many times, that two people in the same service, in the same church, the same preaching, same worship, the difference of reception, that one person could be yawning while the other person is sitting on the edge of their seat to receive the next truth. One person could be looking at their watch and rolling their eyes while another person has tears streaming down their cheeks because God is speaking something to them. What makes the difference? Anticipation. Expecting God to say something. Coming, looking for God to speak to your heart. It has everything to do with expectation. The Bible says you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Please come to church expecting God to speak to you, expecting God to say something to you. When we come together at the church of Jesus, there should be an excitement in the air. We should know that God can do anything at any moment. I have had, I've experienced it in my life. I've had a I was a part of a service one time, and, and I was I was on staff, but I was you know I wasn't the lead preacher, and the pastor said uh, it was sort of a um, different kind of service. No no calling up front no, that I remember, and the pastor said, hey, in closing, I just want you to stand up and bow with your seat, and I pray for a moment. So it's one of those kind of services where people just sort of got up and bowed down, sort of very quiet. And as soon as I kneeled down, say, I was in a hard place. I needed something for God. And sure, sometimes we get hung up because we don't think, it, you know, we, we, we look at what we like. And we I want to go up front. I want the pastor to lay his hand on me. It didn't happen that way. But I still was expecting the Lord. And as I was kneeling down, as soon as I kneeled down at a chair like that, the presence of God began speaking revelation word to me. And in that word, he told me, he met me right where I was. He said, I've seen your tears, every, tears, every tear you have cried. And he spoke some other things to me that when I got up from that chair in that quiet service, I knew the presence of God had done a work in my life. And that happens when we expect the Lord. Would you stand on this last one? You got to apply it. The last one is this, apply from it, apply from it. I hope what happens at church for you on Sunday mornings is not just a couple of hours and just to feel good for a good little nap later on. I hope you can use it for all of your life. I hope. Hope it affects your relationship with God, of course, and relationships with others. I hope when you're at work that one of these songs gets stuck in your spirit and you're just singing it all day long. Church should be that way. It's the body of Christ. It should it should in your life produce relationships that you will have forever. There's some relationships in this room right now that I've had since I first got into ministry in this church. There's some relationships in this church that used to, people that used to teach Patty when she was a little girl. And now she's coming and being able to be a, a minister. You all know, that's what it's about. It really is. Are my two helpers here, they helped me the first service, and they've done so good. Would y'all come right on up? Mallory and Eliana, come right on up. They helped me out the first service to make this last point in closing. They're going to help me out again today. I, what I didn't say this time, I did tell them earlier, first service, I just asked them questions. This time I need them to sing and dance some. Is that a, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. They know. <laughs> they know. These are my friends. And, um, you know, their parents are leaders in this house. So along with others, these are some of the kids that, they get to be at church all the time. Meetings <laughs> and um, after church. They're here earlier before anybody else. They're here after anybody else. If I can't say something, y'all going to have to say something, okay? If I start crying. And um, one thing that um, I'm proud, I'm proud of all of our kids, I am. And um, let me tell you my my desire um, for them and for Aiden, I see him back there, and for all the kids um, at Move Church. My prayer is that they love this church. I hope you love this church because there's people that love you in this church. And this is my hope, my hope that I can still be a part of Move Church for a long time. And I hope long enough to see them grow up and lead in many different ways. To see them take up places in this church and that this church would go further than we could ever dream of because they love the church, the body of Christ. So I, I wanted to say that, uh, of course, to let us know how we, we cherish everybody in this house, older, younger, everyone. We love you and we believe in raising up people much older than this you understand there are people that come to this church that are way much older older enough to be their parents that don't know anything about Christ yet and we get the opportunity to lead them to Jesus and to help them to grow up and we will always be that church that reaches people just make disciples that makes disciples now, I got lost in the reason why I got you up here because I got all crying and teary. Oh, one thing, one thing I can say. This is what really got me, this crying thing, is Nick loves ministry. He loves the church. He's now pursuing, he said, Dad, my, my desire is to be on staff at a church just working for Jesus. And whether that's full-time, part-time for him, I don't know, but I just can tell you he, I know he loves the church. I want the same for y'all. I want the same for every person here from the oldest to the youngest. And the reason why I'm talking about the youngest is because we got a longer time to be able to shape them and love on them. And church, let's love on our students. Let's love on our children. And let's make sure that when they're grown up, They can say, I loved my church growing up, and I still love it today. Would you give them a big round of applause? Thank y'all. Thank y'all for making me cry. thinking about growing up in church there's some relationships there that I still have see Chris back there we grew up in the same church if you didn't know that me and Chris nearly been knowing each other since we were almost their age right really probably even that age or younger Chris and um, love love the body of Christ love the family of God makes all the difference in the world. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have that experience yet. I've been hurt in church. Sorry. We want to help you out. We want to love on you. We want you to have relationships forever. As long as you're on this earth. And y'all, when we get to heaven, ain't it going to be fun? Man, we're going to have a good time. Let's, Let's be sure to get the word out. Let's Let's love on each other. Let's love the church. Let's bring other people here that need the same kind of love. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? Thank you, God, for this precious house, for this precious people. For those that are watching online, Lord God, for whatever reason, they're not able to come. We love them and you love them. Lord God, bless your church. Not just this church, but your church. Every denomination. Every Every kind of category that you're building, Lord, every church that you're building, bless your house, God, and help us to be able to reach others that need to know this kind of love. With your heads bowed just for a moment, if you're here today and you've got sin in your life, your first relationship is with God, that you need to ask Him to forgive you of that sin you've never committed your life to Christ and you feel that you feel something right now and the feeling is I need I need Jesus, well we want to pray with you. We pray a prayer of commitment. And that begins that salvation experience. The forgiveness of sins instantly when you ask. And then the Holy Spirit moves in to mature you. Church, we pray it all together here. Let's pray it for that person. Maybe it's just one person that needs to pray it. Well, let's pray it with them and give him the words. We'll give you the words if you give God your heart. Let's pray it. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, and you meant that from your heart, Jesus just forgave you. And his spirit actually moved into your life to begin to mature you, to make you more like Jesus. I will say this, get in church. We would love for you to be here at Move Church. If you haven't made up your mind, hey, we want you to be here. If you can't be here for whatever reason, I say this to my family. Hey, if you you don't want to come here, go somewhere. Go somewhere where Jesus is moving, Jesus is working, and the word is preached. That's where you want to be. And commit to it. Participate. Do everything you can to receive from it.